Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk. Now, extracting metal from rock can be dirty, costly, energy intensive, and generally quite bad for the planet. What if we could simply take it out of water instead? Well, my next guest is exploring that very idea. His name is John Blundy. He's a Royal Society Research Professor at the Department of Earth Sciences at the University of Oxford. John, you're very welcome. We probably should start off by saying this is no, this is no ordinary water. Tell me a little bit about your work with volcanoes. OK, well, I've been working on volcanoes for about, uh, about 40 years now. And I was interested in them as, uh, as really sort of uh, natural phenomena for first 30 years of the work and then I really got interested in their relationship to ore deposits to the uh, the large bodies of, of rock that we mine for metals and in the course of that work um, I realized that there was a whole new way of tapping into the the the, uh, the metallic bounty of volcanoes if you like by combining metal extraction and uh, and geothermal energy so a way to extract heat renewable heat from, uh, from volcanic systems and also metals of the type that we need to drive the energy transition. So you're going to need to do some basic um, geology for me, John. Sure. What, what metals are in volcanoes? So volca- volcanic rock is uh, magma, is, is, is melted rock, right? Um, right. Where, where do the metals fit into that process in, in volcanic um, movement? So, so let's start just with the, with the perhaps surprising uh, fact that almost all of the metals that we mine come from deposits that are one way or another related to ancient volcanoes. Hmm. So there are a couple of exceptions. Iron and aluminium would be exceptions. But everything else, everything else that's in your, in your mobile phone, in the plumbing and wiring in your house, um, in all of the tech devices you use that are used in uh, uh, photovoltaic cells and, and uh, wind turbines all come ultimately from volcanic systems. We have molten rock, magma, the, the kind of stuff that fuels volcanoes. And the magma contains uh, lots of metals dissolved in the, in the silicate melt. Right. And a variety of processes, but the most important is the release of, of gas. So fluids, mostly water-rich fluids from magma when it uh, solidifies carry the metals uh, the metals are carried in that in that hot water and that those metals then precipitate out and form ore deposits so the conventional approach is to find an ancient volcano which is now cold and then uh, dig into the ground dig a big old pit extract rock that contains some of these precipitated metals crush it up throw away about 99% of that rock and take the remaining ore and then process it so that's kind of mining in a nutshell. That sounds like a very inefficient way of getting what you want. Remind me, exactly how did these metals get into the rock in the first place? Well, ultimately, they all start in the, in the Earth's interior, in the Earth's mantle. And magmas are produced by uh, melting the Earth's mantle. And those magmas uh, rise up through the crust. And they undergo all kinds of complex chemical processes, many of which uh, enrich the metals. So you start with a rather small amount. In, in the rocks that come from melting the mantle. And over time and through the processing that occurs in the crust, those metals become enriched. Right. And so the, the key part here is the fact that um, these metals are carried in the water and dissolved in the water, um, because that is the process by which you're hoping to extract metal from volcanic water. 
Talk to me about um, this water as it stands at the moment. This is water that we now currently extract to to create energy, right? This is a, a, a type of thermal energy, a geothermal energy process that we do in countries where there is uh, hot volcanoes that heat water that we then use for energy, correct? Uh, in a way, correct. There's a, there's, a, there's a couple of little caveats I might uh, I might add there. So so geothermal energy as 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 configured most places in the world where it's used involve extracting hot water that's been heated by a body of magma or, or hot rock at relatively shallow depth. And that geothermal fluid, you drill a well down to maybe a couple of kilometers and you're taking out fluid at maybe 200 degrees. And it's not pure water, it's a little bit salty and it contains relatively few metals. So some metals are more abundant than others. Lithium is, is there's quite a bit of lithium in those fluids. But because the waters are mostly just heated groundwater, the, the metal content's quite low. However, the same um, body of magma that provides the heat, that heats up the water, also can, can deliver some of its metals load to those uh, geothermal fluids. So if we pick the right volcanic systems, where we're drilling in for geothermal fluid, we also get fluids which have a higher amount of metal. And generally speaking, the hotter the fluid, the saltier the fluid, the more the metal. So you're talking about a byproduct of drilling for uh, a geothermal use. Is that what you're saying? You're, it's not the same water that you're ex extracting? It could be the same water that we're extracting. So if you think of a, a, a conventional geothermal power plant, the, the hot water comes to the surface. It goes through a turbine. They take the heat out. And then the spent fluid is re-injected back into the reservoir as a sort of a, a, a cycle of, um, of heat extraction and reheating. So, so that's a, a loop of water that is extracted and then uh, re-injected, as you say. You take the heat out and then you put it back in to, to, to take more heat out again. Um, and, and when that is done, the heat you get out of it, what, what sort of temperature is that water that's come straight from the, the contact with magma? It depends. In conventional geothermal power plants, it's uh, the, the water is probably about 200 to 250 degrees. That would be a good operating temperature. There's a move uh, recently to go for higher temperature fluids, reaching temperatures of over 400 degrees. But typically around the world, 200 degrees is a 250 is a good is a good temperature. And that water then comes to the, uh, the surface and basically turns to steam that drives turbines that power the, uh, that the generate the electricity. Which, which is a, an amazingly um, clever process. Is it in place in many countries? Because obviously you need to have uh, a suitable volcano. Is this a, a very prevalent form of geothermal energy? Absolutely. I mean, ju just, just to be clear, you don't actually have to have a volcano. You just have to have hot rock down there. Right. So in some countries, they take geothermal power where the rocks are hot, but there are no volcanoes. So is it common? Um, the biggest producer of geothermal energy in the world is the USA. Um, it's, a, it's a small part of the energy mix there, but there's a lot of people. Um, in the Philippines, second biggest user, it's about a quarter of all their energy is generated, electricity is generated from geothermal. Uh, the, the, the top 10 list would then include the Ind Indonesia, Iceland, Kenya, New Zealand, Turkey, Mexico, Italy even. Um, and the, in these countries, the amount of geothermal energy that goes into the grid is somewhere between a few percent and in the highest case, Iceland, around about a third. 
a third of a country's um, energy uh, input is is pretty good. Um, when you're talking about extracting water from these metals, how much metal is actually in it? And like, how sustainable a process is that? Because you'd imagine in that loop of extracting the, the water that turns to steam and then re-injecting, at some point you might be taking metals out of that. Surely at some point you're going to, to run out of uh, metals that have dissolved in that water. Yeah. In principle, that could happen. In fact, the metals are continually supplied to the, to the geothermal reservoir by the, by the magma underneath. So it's not a, a completely closed system. So you're unlikely to run out of metals uh, okay. on the lifetime of a, of, a, of a geothermal plant. It's also worth bearing in mind that the fluid you re-inject can then also react with the rock that's down there dissolving more metals. So you actually can continually replenish the supply of metal. How much metal is down there? That was your, 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 your first question. It really depends on the metal. What's remarkable about these geothermal fluids is they're really like a, a kind of a who's who of the periodic table of the elements, if you like. There's everything from the base metals, copper and zinc, to the precious metals, gold and silver, to sort of rather more funky tech metals like lithium and the rare earths. And exactly what metals are down there and how much very much depends on the, the detailed configuration of the reservoir and whereabouts in the world you are. So the metals you get in fluids in East Africa and Kenya are very different from the metals you'd get in Iceland or Japan or, or uh, New Zealand. So you, you can sort of adapt your, your operation to harvest different metals depending on what kind of volcanic region you're in. So this sounds like a fantastic process because I'd imagine getting metals out of water is a lot easier than getting metals out of rock. That's a fairly straightforward process, correct? Yeah, I mean, in principle, Fairly straightforward, maybe slightly uh, uh, simplistic, <laughs> slightly simplistic, but you're, you're absolutely right. So let's just go back to, to ore deposits. For an ore deposit, we've got a lump of solid rock. That metal is tightly bound up in a mineral and we need to crush up the rock and then we need to smelt the ore. Trying to extract it from solution in, 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 in hot water is, is a lot easier. It's not really simple. And there are different techniques for different metals. Um, there are pilot schemes to get lithium out of water. It's called direct lithium extraction. And we're working on uh, techniques that will allow us to recover other metals from water. Tapping into what, what you said earlier, though, about they're in solution already. We don't have to waste an awful lot of energy and, and, uh, and uh, CO2 getting the things into solution in the first place. Um, in my mind, the molecules of, of metal would be easily filtered out from molecules of water that they're dissolved in. Um, is, is that not the case? Could we? Well, it's, not it so not? Much, it's not so much filtering because if we're going to filter it, then they've already precipitated their little particles. So filtering works when you've got particles in, in suspension. Right. We're actually looking to, uh, to, uh, to, to precipitate them from the fluid. In other words, we're looking to add something to the fluid that causes the metal of interest to, uh, to, to precipitate. So we actually want to, ideally, we want to get the fluid right up to the wellhead while it's with the metal still in solution and then directly extract the, uh, the metals from the solution. And you may remember earlier I said the saltier the, the geothermal fluid, the more metal. That's because salty fluids have lots of chloride. The chloride forms nice bonds with the, the metal and keeps it in solution. Precipitation 
not always ideal in a lot of geothermal plants the metals that are in solution actually precipitate on the well the well casing on the way up right that's called scale and the remarkable thing is in, in in geothermal plants the scale clogs up the pipes so you're a geothermal company you think scale got to get rid of it so the scale is actually ore it's high grade ore full of copper and zinc and gold and silver and geothermal companies they pour acid down the well to make all that ore go away right if you're a mining company you're looking at that stuff saying this is an incredible opportunity so my project is somehow reconciling those slightly different views of metals a nuisance for geothermal energy production an incredible opportunity for the mining industry where are you um with these plans because it does sound like a, a very smart idea that that is a great alternative to to mining or as we know is 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 not great for the planet as you've said well, where I'm at now, I have a number of projects around the world. I'm working with scientists in New Zealand, in uh, in, in Japan, in Germany. Um, we've got a new project just about to start uh, in, in the Caribbean. And we're developing various aspects of the, of, of the concept, how best to get the metals out of solution, how to find the right volcano with the metals that you're most uh, interested in, um, how to tap drill into rocks that are at the right temperature how to marry the twin demands of the metals and the electricity you know if, if you configure it all around the metals then maybe you're not efficient at energy production mm. you configure it all around the uh, the electricity production then maybe you're not harvesting metals with uh, with with, with the to the best uh, extent that you can right so uh, in in an ideal situation you're able to extract the energy while at the same time extracting the metal one process not in, in encroaching too much on the other to get um energy and those precious minerals to the top a really really interesting um idea uh, john blundy uh, from the university of oxford thanks very much for your time thank you i'm sure some of you are thinking why don't we just recycle the metals that we have and not take anything out of the earth but the the fact is that if we want a, a net zero world we need metals for that to, to create the technologies that go into solar and wind turbines and so on. We need metals to create a, a carbon neutral world. And so that's just a, a matter of fact. So we have to figure out a way of doing it one way or another. Trying to understand how to do that in a more energy efficient and resource efficient way is definitely a question worth exploring. That's it from us on this week's Future Proof. Thanks to Marizo Sullivan, Simon Keane, Steve Daunt and Hugo De Silva on sound. We'll be back with more Future Proof in your podcast feed on Tuesday. Future Proof with Jonathan McRae. Proudly supported by Science Foundation Ireland on News Talk.